Welcome to Cherry Beckert's next professional services industry podcast. I'm Scott Duda, an audit partner in Raleigh, North Carolina, leader of our professional service industry practice. We're going to cover all things 179D deduction today with Ron Wainwright, partner in our strategic tax group, and Sean O'Leary, tax manager leading our tax credits projects. Including 179D, this is part of our larger focus on A&E and tax, digital opportunities, and other opportunities to give those firms a competitive advantage. Welcome, Ron and Sean. Can you all give us a little bit more on your background uh, for those listeners? Thank you, Scott. This is Ron Wainwright, and uh, very appreciative of uh, being on this podcast today. As Scott highlighted, we'll be talking about uh, hot topics, uh, specifically 179 Cap D, and what that opportunity brings for A&E type firms. So I've uh, been at Cherry Beckert as a partner coming up on 12 years, and uh, am a strategic tax partner in our advisory group in the firm. Sean? Thanks, Ron. Uh, so uh, I am a, a senior tax manager out of the Charlotte, North Carolina office for Cherry Beckert, and I've been with the firm for uh, going on 10 years and work with Ron on uh, in the energy field for uh, five or six years. And believe it or not, I actually have a degree in electrical engineering from many years ago. And so, uh, you know, very familiar with uh, energy and, and energy related incentives. Great. Thank you all. So, Ron, I mentioned I'm an auditor. So. Talk to me a little bit about this 179D tax incentive and how it benefits taxpayers. Thanks, Scott. Uh, so uh, 179 Cap D of the Internal Revenue Code, as it's often referred to, is an energy efficiency standard. It's an incentive to encourage uh, developers and specifically A&E type firms to design buildings uh, more energy efficient. Uh, it ultimately came in the Internal Revenue Code uh, back underneath the Energy Policy Act of 2005 uh, and is actually permanent in the Internal Revenue Code today. Uh, so again, it, it's a energy efficiency tax deduction, which enables the building owners to claim a tax deduction for installing what are referred to as qualifying systems. Um, Tenants may be eligible if they make construction expenditures. Um, when you think about the, the governmental side, the uh, energy efficiency deduction can actually be transferred uh, at no cost to the A&E firm uh, that did the energy efficiency uh, design. Um, it ranges uh, in three elements of the building up to now $1.88. Uh, when it came into the statute, it was uh, 60 cents per square foot. That's gross square footage, by the way. In regards to the building shell, uh, the mechanicals in regard to the building and, and, and the lighting. Uh, so originally it was a uh, range from zero to 60 cents per element of the building, but now it's uh, at $1.88. And the reason for that is uh, there is a uh, inflation adjustment that is now in the Internal Revenue Code um, that takes it up to $1.88. But uh, significant incentive, significant deduction, as we'll hear later uh, in regards to our A&E uh, clients and their opportunities to take advantage of this uh, energy efficiency tax deduction. Great. So, Sean, what types of investments in real estate are eligible for this deduction? 
Thanks, Scott. Uh, so so the, the technical name of the Section 179 cap D deduction is the, quote, energy efficient commercial building deduction. So the starting place in evaluating investments in real estate that are 179 cap D eligible is whether or not is it is for a commercial building. This is, of course, uh, fairly wide ranging, but includes office buildings, retail buildings, hotels, manufacturing and warehouse facilities, hospitals, and really any other facility as long as it's used in a commercial business operation. What is not eligible for the 179 cap D deduction is most residential real estate, such as individual homes and apartment houses, which have their own energy efficient incentives and other provisions of the tax code. There is, however, a carve out uh, of residential property that is eligible for 179 cap D, that being any residential facility that is greater than three stories above ground. So large apartment buildings or condominium complexes can oftentimes qualify. And lastly, uh, as Ron alluded to, there is a third category of property which may be eligible for the, de for the deduction if it is a government owned property. Uh, which again, Ron will discuss in a minute or two. I should also point out that the investment has to be for the installation of new energy efficient property, which is basically confined to the three categories uh, that uh, Ron mentioned, being uh, the, the lighting, the HVAC, and the building envelope components, uh, meaning that it must either be for a new construction project or for an interior improvement to an existing building that doesn't and doesn't include the purchase of an existing property. Okay, so this to me, when we're talking about energy efficiency, um, how is that determined? What are the technical requirements under 179D to meet that energy efficient benefit? So uh, Scott, this is Ron. I, one of the key uh, areas when it was placed in the statute uh, in 2005, again, underneath the Energy Policy Act of 2005, is that when you think about uh, the standard, it is ultimately referred to as the ASHRAE standard. And the standard we're under currently uh, is 90.1-2007. And so think about uh, energy efficiency in the context of uh, a building, a commercial building, or other areas of that building, which is very broad, as Sean highlighted, um, it must have what is referred to a certification. So before claiming the uh, 179 cap D deduction, the taxpayer must obtain what is referred to as a certification from a qualified individual. And the certification ultimately has to verify very technical standards that were installed or planned to be installed in the building that satisfy the energy efficiency requirements. And again, let, let's kind of go back to what is referred to as is the ASHRA standard. So the ASHRA standard is, is actually a uh, standard that is uh, for architects as they draw or design uh, buildings. Um, and where it's applicable here is that 179 cap D and the savings, that energy efficiency deduction, uh, refer to the reduction in energy and power cost of the combined energy or segments of the building. And again, those are, you know, the shell of the building, the HVAC, uh, which can include hot water systems, 
uh, and then the lighting of the building. And so the minimum requirement, again, uh, right now is 90.1 2007 for properties that were placed in service on or before December 31st, uh, 2020. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, it did become uh, indexed to inflation, and we know we all sit in, in a very high inflation currently. So when you think about the taxable year uh, before 2021, it was $1.80 a square foot. When you think about taxable years beginning 2021, is $1.82, and taxable years beginning 2022, it, it's $1.88. I reference that for the following reason, is that the ASHRA standards are intentionally very low at 90.1-2007. So it is very rare that we will model a building underneath the ASHRA standards in the three components, and that building will not qualify for the full uh, amount of $1.88. Uh, it is an incentive, it is an encouragement for A&E firms, but the bigger opportunity, which we'll probably talk about, is when you, as an architect and engineering firm, ultimately can receive that energy efficiency deduction from a building that is owned by governmental entity at the federal, state, or local municipality level. Well, so Ron, let's talk about that. Um, you've mentioned that, uh, so a government-owned building, uh, universities, municipalities, um, what does that look like? How to outline that process, how it works, the process, some of the challenges in transferring that deduction? Uh, good question. Uh, we often see a lot of confusion in this area dealing with the provisions for government-owned property. So again, uh, what is great about the statute for A&E firms, which candidly A&E firms often overlook this benefit to them as they're designing uh, a building, a commercial building, but again, it's a very broad terminology. So, you know, it's just not the original building design. It could be designs in regards to expansion, could be designs in regards to the interior of the building. Uh, so, of course, we see that uh, significantly across uh, the United States. So, when you think about a government-owned property, uh, first of all, there is a carve-out where if a government uh, perhaps owns uh, what is deemed to be a, a tax-exempt type um, entity. And remember that the government is tax-exempt. Uh, they have the ability to the extent that that building, commercial building, meets the energy efficiency standards, the 90.1-2007 currently, to transfer, the governmental entity that is, transfers the full $1.88 gross square footage to the A&E firm. And that becomes a deduction on the architect and engineering's tax return. Uh, so it is a significant uh, incentive. It is actually called for by statute that that governmental entity is called to transfer the energy efficiency deduction. So what does that process look like? To your question. Uh, the first thing we do is we make sure that we 
meet and exceed 90.1 2007. As I mentioned, that is a very low floor as we sit here in 2022. So again, the standard is very old, very dated, highly unlikely that a building, commercial building or any building uh, would receive a certificate of occupancy if it was not being drawn on some of the more current uh, standards, you know, 90.1 2000 uh, and 21 as an example. Um, so we model uh, we model at no uh, cost to ensure that the, the building that was designed by an A&E firm meets the ASHRAE standards. Uh, the next thing we will do is we will uh, outline the benefit of the deduction transfer from the government entity, federal, state, local. Also pointing out that you can go backwards in time, and it is all tied to when that building was in fact placed in service. But a A&E firm can go back uh, three years, um, uh, quote, file amended returns and claim uh, that deduction. Um, and so when you think about that transfer, what is required is that the governmental entity, let's assume we're dealing at the federal level. And so the General Service Administration, um, or we do a lot of work with the military, the Department of Defense, would execute a transfer document which outlines that we, General Service Administration, we, Department of Defense, state levels, could be uh, North Carolina State Construction Office, are transferring this deduction, gross square footage times the $1.88, to the architect firm that did the energy efficiency design work. Once that transfer occurs, signed by the governmental entity, also signed by the receiving a&E firm, then the A&E firm is eligible to claim that tax deduction on the filing of their current return, if we were dealing with a 21 return, for example, or they may go back and file an amended return in 19 and, and 18 and 20, as an example, um, as long as the statute of limitations is open. Uh, so it's a significant opportunity, especially for an A&E firm that is doing uh, governmental type work at the federal, state, or, or local level. And Scott, you you pointed something out that I always want to make sure we highlight. So when you think about uh, a NC State University, uh, Scott's in Raleigh, I'm in Raleigh, Sean's in Charlotte, or really any universities across the United States, um, a dormitory um, or a commercial building could in fact uh, be, you know, several hundred thousand square feet. Um, and so, you know, take a couple hundred thousand square foot building or larger uh, in a university setting or in some other type of governmental setting. Uh, and think about multiplying that by $1.88. And then that is a phantom transfer, which means you are receiving the energy fee deduction transfer from the governmental entity. Um, and then you're claiming that deduction uh, on your A&E tax return. Okay, so um, I know that we completed a case study highlighting the success we had in one of these instances with one of our clients. Um, can you all talk a little bit about that case study, uh, what that looked like and the success that A&E firm enjoyed because of that deduction? Uh, so let me set the stage and I'll let Sean go through the actual case study is that uh, underneath Scott's leadership and, and our industry, uh, we represent uh, a significant number 
uh, of architect and engineering firms. Um, and as a result of that, we obviously have done a significant amount uh, of 179 Cap D work. Uh, really, uh, when EPAC came into existence in, in 2005. Um, and so uh, as a result of that, uh, we have done and can do all of the uh, energy certification that's required pursuant to the IRS software. There's three modeling requirements out there. Um, but Sean, why don't you share one of our uh, successes with one of our uh, top 25 A&E firms uh, where we've been able to assist them really since the, uh, the creation of the, uh, the energy fee deduction under EPAC? Sure. Thanks, Ron. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, we we do uh, a number of uh, once around cap D studies for uh, uh, our A&E clients, but on one particular client, uh, we've completed uh, approximately around 100 projects just since uh, uh, the 2012 year and even going back further than that. But just since that 2012 year, it's been about 100 projects again, and we've We've uh, or they've claimed through these 179 Cap D projects total deductions uh, of just around nine million dollars. Um, now many of these projects uh, cover the the gamut of of government owned buildings, including uh, local community college, uh, local libraries, state universities across the country, and uh, again a number of military installations uh, around the country from the from the army, the navy. Uh, all the all the various military branches. Um, I will I will point out that uh, you know since these are government buildings and that it does require as Ron mentioned uh, you know a, a signature from them to transfer the deduction over to the A and E clients. There is an added layer of complexity with these projects, uh, but yet, you know as you can see the the benefit is is significant. And in this case, again, uh, it allowed our A and E client to shield over $9 million in taxable income, you know, for for designing ener energy efficient buildings uh, for these government entities. That's great. So I know we also have an upcoming professional services article. Uh, the IRS recently released an audit technical or an audit technique outline on 179D. Can you all talk about sort of the major issues discussed there and how it might impact taxpayers taking that deduction? Great question, Scott. So this is uh, a timely question in that um, the IRS has various groups as well as what is referred to as audit technique guidelines. And so they updated, being the IRS, the 179 Cap D audit technique guideline on uh, May 26th of 2022 of this year uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, as I mentioned, when you think about 179 Cap D, uh, it was made permanent in the statute. So it was made permanent underneath what was referred to as the Taxpayer Certainty and Disaster Relief Act of 2020, um, really as part of the overall Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021. Uh, so it is now permanent in the statute for tax years beginning after December 31 of, of 2020. Um, there was a prior uh, ATG out there dating back into candidly 2018. So this is being updated for a number of reasons. So remember that 179 Cap D was really enacted to encourage 
commercial building owners and those of government entities to uh, design and install energy efficiency property. Um, specifically, when you think about energy efficiency commercial building property, it, it has an acronym called EECBP. Um, but what the IRS was finding in those early years was that the standards uh, specifically in ASHRA, were incorrectly uh, being applied uh, to the modeling that was required uh, pursuant to the statute. Um, and again, you know, when we think about EECBP, you know, we're looking at three systems of the building, the interior lighting, the heating, cooling, ventilation, hot water, the HVAC systems, and then, of course, what's referred to as the building envelope or uh, ENV, if you will. And so what this uh, audit technique guideline attempted to do was really bring forward since 2018 some of the matters and concerns the IRS was was seeing in regards to their examinations. And, and there is a strong focus, and we wanted to highlight it, in regards to the transfers uh, attributable uh, from a governmental entity uh, to an A&E firm. And, and so what they were finding was the transfer document was incorrectly being completed uh, because the IRS had really never given, given a, a standardized form. So they updated the uh, audit technique guideline uh, across 14 areas, and there were new areas. And the newest area that is uh, not concerning to us, uh, given our work, but what they were finding was, again, they were being done incorrectly. Um, and so there is now a step 14, uh, which is calling for the consideration of a penalty assertion, uh, given that the appropriate ASHRA standards were not being developed. Potentially the gross square footage was incorrect. The ASHRA standard being applied uh, was incorrect. The transfer of the deduction was not accurately uh, reported in regards to the requirements uh, underneath what was issued by the IRS. And so when you think about 179 Cap D, they're very focused when we think about A&E firms on ensuring that that is done correctly. Uh, to the case example uh, it, that Sean highlighted where uh, transfers just since 2012 uh, for this A&E firm, which does a tremendous amount of work. Some A&E firms are focused solely uh, on the government type projects. Um, but what they are finding, and you know, is if we're going to transfer $9 million of a tax deduction, which literally could save, you know, depending upon the effective rate, somewhere between, you know, 2 million upwards of uh, 5 million, depending on the structure of the A&E firm, uh, that we want to make sure that those transfers are being appropriate um, as that deduction obviously goes to, to, to the A&E firm. But again, to your point, we have an upcoming professional service article uh, that's going to dig a little bit deeper, point out some of the areas, uh, but know that there is a 14-step process. It's a very lengthy document that was issued on May 26th. Um, it has a number of new areas that the IRS is, is focused on specifically in regards to the energy efficiency deduction, as well as how that transfer and how that certification uh, was completed and whether the appropriate ASHRA standards and the, the overall process was followed correctly and appropriately. Okay.
Ron, Sean, thanks as always for helping our listeners understand this complex tax deduction. I know our clients greatly benefit from your expertise. As Ron noted, we have a number of articles and podcasts forthcoming on 179D and the audit technique guideline we just discussed. As always, our contact information for each of us is included with the podcast, and we look forward to hearing from you and continuing to be your guide forward.